the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Eric Matassa Show. Why don't you pull up a chair and sit a while? Because you're wishing fiction to learn you a thing or two, if you can stand it. And it wouldn't hurt you none neither. The fact is, some folks say Eric wouldn't know whether to scratch his watch or wind his buttocks. Won't say who, but they said it anyhow. He don't toot and they did. You'll come back now, you hear? Here's America's sweetheart himself, Eric Matassas. Oh, isn't that sweet? Oh, I just love Todd yeah. Wilkinson's Christmas spirit. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Him lot, and Scrooge. Thanks same. a lot, Todd. Yeah, yeah Todd. Hey, folks, it's the Eric Metaxas Show. We've got a special treat planned for you. First of all, Albin and I, uh, we're going to talk about – this is just now in the opening uh, segment because we have, a, we have a normal guest coming up in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But I thought before we go to our normal programming um, – uh, well, actually, if this is Christmas Eve, we're going to play yeah. – I'm going to read my Uncle Muggsy story. Yeah. So gather the kids around the radio uh, if, it's, if it's Christmas Eve mm-hmm. when you're listening to this, but otherwise we're just going to have a regular guest. But I want to say that um, I, I wrote a book called Uncle Muggsy and the Terrible Twins of Christmas, yes. right? Now, around Christmas this time of year, everybody's buying – if they're buying a book from me, uh, chances are it's like you know Donald Drains the Swamp or Donald Builds the Wall or, or whatever, which are humor books. But I wrote a children's book called Uncle Muggsy and the Terrible Twins of Christmas. I've talked about it on this program before, and I've read it on this program before. It's a fun – it's a short read. Um, but I may read that in the next segment. But what I wanted to talk about was not that. I want to talk about right now behind the scenes filming the TBN Christmas special. Yeah. Because, Albin, yes. you, my friend, yeah. you might get an Oscar or an Emmy or something. I don't think you will, but you might. Because you, Oscar goes you performed three roles I did. In, this, in this Christmas special. Yeah. And one of them, uh, probably my favorite, is the first one when we start the show. Yeah. And when I, uh, I realize that I don't have any coffee, I wake up from my bad dream. Yes. And Victoria Jackson, who plays my, my TV wife in the special. Now, if you haven't seen the TV special, go to TBN.org or watch it on TBN. It's going to be playing uh, you know, through the holidays, right? But in the special, she plays my TV wife, and she wakes me up from a bad dream, and I realize there's no coffee, and i got to get to the studio. So I open the window, Scrooge-style. Yeah. And you, Albin, mm-hmm. uh, a six foot three man, mm. uh, are dressed as a Dickensian street urchin <laughs> pulling a sled. Yeah. What's so funny is when we're shooting that scene, we did we actually did about five or six takes, right? We have actually regular New Yorkers walking by and I'm standing there looking like a Dickens guy. We got fake snow around me and and I'm talking with the Dixonian accent, you know. The Dixonian accent? <laughs> well, I mean, there's I think that's called a a, a Cockney accent. Yes. Yeah, like, eh, Hello, Gelfna. And, and it's people, it's just so funny because they're walking by as regular New Yorkers in 
present-day New York, and I'm back there in the 1850s, back in, you know. Only only New Yorkers are so jaded yeah, that they don't, they don't even, even look. They, they don't, don't even look. look. You and, can call them up by name. They're like, they yeah. shrug and keep and walking. And I'm yelling up at the window, and this is TVN Studios. It's so funny. The big window there, TVN. Well, we, we have – now, this is one – I think we mentioned this some weeks ago, but we had – what I actually did consider a miracle happen. Now, I'm not joking, I right? I know this is something. We were um, we're taping this. You're out there in the cold with the sled. It was really cold. And I'm up in the window, and I, I shout down. I say, boy, boy, do you know the coffee merchants in the next street but one? You know, it's that, that Scrooge scene where he says to the boy, do you know the, the butchers in the next street but one? You're playing the boy, and I'm playing the, the Scrooge figure in the window. And then... I had to come downstairs and do my scene where I'm sprinting into the studio, right. which is at the end of the opening. So the, the beginning and the end of the opening happen, you know, right yeah. there. And no kidding. And you were there yeah. and Chris Himes and Seth and everybody else, Seth Ward. This never happens ever in New York. And this happened yeah. while we were there. Because I lived in New York City for a 29 white, years. <laughs> a bright white Either, either an albino pigeon or a white dove. But, I mean, there's no doubt it about not, it. It did not look like a real pigeon. It no. looked more like a dove. Right. I am not kidding about this. It shows up, and it lands right at our feet. Mm-hmm. And it's on the little – there's a tree outside the studio here with a little grate around the tree. It stayed there. We're filming and screaming and running. Right. I, I said, what is going on? Like, first of all, I have never in New York – ever seen a white bird like that i mean it was bright white yeah. so it was a bright white dove or a bright white pigeon you know uh, the size of a pigeon the size of a dove that that bird yeah. bright white but it showed up and you kind of thought oh it's gonna like fly away any second it hung around yeah. for a long time and i was expecting an olive branch but it had a french fry or something oh stop it but i mean <laughs> i've never seen a bird like no. that in my experience, I know in you New grew York. up in New York. I've, yeah. I've been here for like well, 30, I've seen 40 ten years. billion pigeons. Yeah. I've never seen a bright white one like that. Never, yeah. ever. But 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 even weirder was it didn't just show up; it stayed there mm-hmm. the whole time. It did, yeah. Now uh, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but you know, we a lot of prayer went into this whole thing, and so every now and again, something like that will happen, which which you know people can laugh off. But I, I found it uh, really uncanny. Uh, anyway, now, so that scene is a lot of fun that we filmed. And inside, when, I, uh, when, when I'm inside the house and I run to the window, we have a copy of my Uncle Muggsy right, book. Right, Product placement. In the tree. Yes, in the tree. In the tree. You'll notice it. Then later on in the show, when I'm in my wingback chair in my fake living room down on the set that we built, right? Yeah. Uh, I am reading from the Uncle Muggsy book, right. and then I keep getting interrupted. The doorbell rings. It's like the old Dean Martin Variety Show. The doorbell rings. I'm trying to read this book uh, on Christmas Eve and be left alone and have some quiet. The doorbell rings, and who shows up? It's the elf on a shelf, played what? by Albin Sadar. Thank you. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And then another time I'm reading the book, and who shows up? It's Mike Lindell from yeah, My Pillow. That's right. Um, now, by the way, when you watch the TV and Christmas special, mm-hmm. there's a different code. On this program, we tell you, tell everybody you know to use the code ERIC. Mm-hmm. Uh, please. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't use whatever code they tell you to use on TV. Those are, are they're fake codes, and the money could go to George Soros. I don't know. We don't know. But so use ERIC. Uh, please use the error code. You get our discount. But on the New York special, yes, there's a special code. And when you watch the show, 
I think you'll find it a little bit funny. If you don't find it funny, you, you need to watch the show again. But it's, uh, it's the TBN Christmas special, tbn.org. Uh, and then I read the Muggsy book, I think, another time. Yeah, it's and kind then, of like a continuing. And then the doorbell rings, and it's it, Victoria Jackson. Yes, exactly. And you do, you guys do this great number with dancers behind you. It's incredible. By the way, one more thing about the uh, my pillow. He he talks about the towels and how he invented towels. Now, yeah. My wife, I am not kidding. Several times has brought up the fact that she just loves the absorbency, the softness, and the absorbency of these towels. And we are actually ordering more. And what's the code we should use again? Well, on the on the New York special, the New York special, the code is New York. But on this program, yeah, you have no. to use the word Eric. Yeah. Uh, please use the well, Tell I your was, friends, too. I was joking to use the because Eric. your wife actually asked you, what code should I use, right? Didn't I know. She? I know. Don't you love it I when your own flesh and blood, yes. the people that you love, you spend your life with, they, like, what, they, they make code? you realize, I'm paying no attention to you. <laughs> no, seriously, check. this is this but, is actually so crazy. The towels I don't, are great. I don't want to forget this uh, to mm. say that. Yeah. In the, the part where I, I'm talking to Mike Lindell and we're giving out the code and everything like that, um, in the middle of that, he starts talking about you know w- how it was in 2006. There was some trade deal and something like that, and people started importing these towels that are not absorbent. Yeah. And he says, and blah, blah, blah. He's telling, and I said, Mike, how come they're not teaching this towel history in schools? And it got a big laugh at the time. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and, and, but anyway, the TBN special, tbn.org, check it out. And I should say that um, the, 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 the Dove thing, there were a couple of things that happened during the filming of this that I, I, I took it as signs from God. And no kidding, you know, those are things you can't, can't prove. But everybody who was there said, this is really weird yeah. because we know that doves represent the Holy Spirit. And i got to tell you, I've never seen one in New York, never seen one like this. No. And the fact that it came while we're doing this and would not leave. Have you ever seen in New York like a bird that does not – nobody's know, feeding it. there wasn't even any food Now, there. by the way, That's do you know right. the Spanish oh, yeah. for white dove is una – Paloma Blanca. Paloma is dove. Blanca is white. And there's a beautiful song by Slim Whitman, Una Paloma Blanca. Let's go out with that. Merry Christmas. Una Paloma Blanca. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com America. That's ZipRecruiter.com America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. Hi, this is Dennis Prager. 
We do the Happiness Hour, the Male-Female Hour, and the Ultimate Issues Hour. Since 2010, we have done over 1,200 such segments. Per your request, the Prager Store has bundled them all together and offering them as a holiday package. Every Happiness Hour, every Ultimate Issues Hour, and every Male-Female Hour, that's hundreds of hours. We've had the best ofs for each year, but never every segment since 2010, all in one place. These segments have literally saved lives, kept marriages together, and allowed us to talk truthfully about issues without influence from the left. Now you can own every Happiness Hour, every Ultimate Issues Hour, and every male-female hour since 2010. Until the end of the week, the complete bundle is 70% off. This is quite a deal. Go to PragerStore.com. That's PragerStore.com. The holidays should be the best of times, but it feels impossible with this credit card debt. I know Christmas isn't about the stuff we buy, but it's terrible to not have the freedom to take care of the ones I love. I can't do anything this year because I overdid it last year. All I want to do is be able to relax and enjoy the holidays and not worry about credit card debt. You might be having these thoughts right now. There is hope. Right now, certified counselors at Trinity Debt Management are standing by and waiting for your call so you don't feel this way next Christmas. One call and you can get started to financial freedom. Find hope to live your life and the holidays out from under the weight of credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges. Reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your credit card debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling, not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional. Faith Talk 570, WTPN. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. After more than a quarter century of occasionally attempting to help direct traffic at the intersection of faith and politics, I have to admit, I'm bewildered by Christianity Today editor's Mark Galley's column last week, wherein he called for the impeachment of President Trump. Galley, on behalf of all of Christianity Today, has done exactly what preceded every schism in every congregation ever, take an absolutist stand on a radically divisive issue. Why in the world would anyone seek an absolutist political opinion from a website about evangelical faith? Most people aren't looking to CT for direct advice on politics, and they'll steer clear now of yet another politicized platform. It's laughable to say that there's a clear one-sided Christian appraisal of the case for or against the president. In a democratic republic, the people decide. When they do, they'll end up giving the presidency back to Trump or to his opponent for reasons wholly unrelated to Christianity Today's view on the question. Sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. This Christmas, a simple gift to Heart for Lebanon can change the life of a hurting refugee forever. I thank Heart for Lebanon because he learned me about Jesus. Jesus changed me for best. I love Jesus so much. For just $29 a month, you can help reach a Muslim child like Rahaf and her family with Christian education, food, and the essentials they need to survive for an entire year. 
Call 888-247-5499. That's 888-247-5499. If you're unable to make the monthly commitment, please consider a generous Christmas gift of $116 to help take care of a family for four months. We've made the commitment to help 29 families this year, but we cannot do this without your help. Call 888-247-5499 or give online by clicking the Heart for Lebanon banner at letstalkfaith.com. You don't allow just anyone into your home, and Cornerstone Pros doesn't let just anyone join their team. Cornerstone Pros technicians are the best of the best, background checked, drug tested, and professionally trained to certify skills and dependability. Servicing air conditioners, plumbing, electrical, and generators, call 813 291 0522. For service like it ought to be, fair, fast, and friendly, call Cornerstone Pros. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. I love Christmas music. It really helps to make the celebration complete. And there's so much of it. I think it's safe to say there has been more songs written about Christmas than just about anything else. The first Christmas song I remember was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Boy, that brings back memories. And of course, there were the silly songs like I fell out of the Christmas tree. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. And one song, we've all tried to sing or whistle at just that time in our life. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yes, the songbooks are full of wonderful Christmas songs, which make us laugh and sometimes cry. But I think it's safe to say that no song has touched Americans more than this song which was first heard in the winter of 1943. Our country had been at war for two years, and tens of thousands of our brave men and women were far away fighting for the cause of freedom. And even though Christmas was just around the corner, secretly, mothers and wives were hoping that their special someone would be home for Christmas. Then there was word that President Roosevelt was going to give a special radio broadcast on that 1943 Christmas Day. Was it possible? Could it be that the boys could be coming home? All ears were tuned to the radio as the president began his speech. And that's when he gave a very serious and somber message. I can only imagine how Americans must have felt When they heard the president's warning, he said, The war is now reaching the stage when we shall have to look forward to large casualty lists, dead, wounded, and missing. There is no easy road to victory. The end is not yet in sight. That was it. In just a few words, Americans were told that their loved ones would not be coming home for Christmas. Perhaps would never come home. But those here, those waiting, could still hope and pray and dream. 
Yes, Christmas is full of wonderful songs, but there's also an abundance of wonderful stories, like the story of Charlie's Blanket. Mary was certainly having a rough go of it. Her husband had left her, leaving behind nothing. So here she was with no money, no visible means of support, and three small girls to raise. Although she had taken on work cleaning other people's houses, there wasn't near enough money to go around. And no matter how hard she tried, the closer she got to Christmas, the worse her attitude became. It was bad enough that every day they would all have to make the long, cold walk to school to drop off Laura and Cindy, the two oldest, at the elementary school. But must they have to see all the beautiful, decorated homes? And here she was, barely able to keep her children fed and clothed. At first, the children took it in stride. The youngest three-year-old, Becky, would go with her mother to clean the houses and stare, almost mesmerized, at the beautifully decorated Christmas trees. And then she had her special friend, Charlie. He was just a rag doll, but Becky loved him so. And now, with the weather so cold, she would keep him tightly wrapped in that precious blanket. Actually, it was just a scrap of a blanket that somebody must have dropped in the parking lot. Becky found it, Mary washed it, and now it belonged to Charlie. After spending time in the various houses all decked in glorious holiday fashion, little Becky sensed that she was missing something. So one night as they all sat together, she asked, Mama, why does everybody have a tree in their house? And who are all the presents for? Is it somebody's birthday? Mary had known it would come. Yes, it is someone's birthday, she said. His name is Jesus, and he was born on Christmas. Then she told the girls the story of the first Christmas. Becky hugged Charlie close. Oh, the poor baby. Was it very cold in the stable, Mama? I wouldn't want to sleep in a stable, would you? Mama, can we see the baby Jesus? Yes, we can, Mary said. Girls, get on your coats. We're going to take a walk. And down the street they walked to a church that had set up a manger scene. The girls were in awe of this simple and beautiful scene. And even though little Becky began to shiver from the cold, she didn't want to leave. She loved to just stand and stare at this tiny baby lying in the hay. Over the next weeks until Christmas, the weather got very cold, but Becky insisted every day that they walk by the manger on their way home just so she could see the baby lying in the hay. It could have been quite heartwarming for Mary seeing Becky's little face as she stared at the manger scene. But instead, as time got closer to Christmas, the bitterness and anger inside Mary only grew. She wasn't concerned for herself. When you're an adult, you can somehow take whatever life dishes out. But oh, how different it is when your child is hurting. And even though Laura and Cindy did their best to act like they weren't bothered, Mary knew they were. With every Christmas carol and decoration, Mary's heart became colder. Every Christmas card or call of Merry Christmas made her hate the season even more. Until finally, the children began to follow. All but little Becky. She continued to hold Charlie close, tightly wrapped in the ragged little blanket, as she'd told him again and again about baby Jesus, who was born in a manger. 
Then it was Christmas Day. The two older girls woke up cold, so they jumped into Mom's bed. Mary didn't want to get up because she had so little to give her children. She thought, what a terrible day it's going to be. Finally, she said, okay, go wake up Becky and we'll see what's under the tree. And too soon, they were back. Where is she, Mama? We can't find her. The words hit Mary like a truck. She raced through the house, checking every closet and corner. Please, Lord, she said, help me find her as she rechecked every spot. I'm sorry for my anger. The gifts and dinner I wanted are not important. Just give me back Becky. By now, she was frantic. And then she saw Charlie. He was never out of Becky's side. And where was his blanket? And suddenly, she knew. She raced down the dark and snowy street until she could see the church and the manger scene. And then she slowed as tears of relief ran down her face. There was Becky. She had climbed into the manger and was covering the baby Jesus with Charlie's ratty scrap of a blanket. You must be cold, Becky said. This is Charlie's blanket, but we'll give it to you. He has me to keep him warm. Then she noticed her mother standing there. Oh, hi, Mama. I came to see baby Jesus. I was afraid he might think we'd forgotten his birthday. Mary plucked her out of the straw and held her tight. I did forget, honey. I did forget about Jesus. Dear Lord, I'm sorry I forgot. Happy birthday, Jesus. I'm Jerry Stewart. We'll return with more of this special Christmas program after these messages. Faith Talk 570 WTBN. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Thousands of Christians are in the West Bank town of Bethlehem, the traditional birthplace of Jesus. Visitors have converged on the town's large Christmas tree in Manger Square, just beside the spot where Christians believe Jesus was born. Former Uber CEO Travis Kalanick will resign from the board next week, effectively severing ties with the company he co-founded a decade ago. Clashes resuming in Hong Kong between police and pro-democracy protesters as the more than six-month-long demonstrations look set to move into the new year. The protests demanding greater democratic rights have shown no sign of ending. Stocks finishing nearly flat after an abbreviated trading session ahead of Christmas Day. The Dow was down 36 points today. The Nasdaq ahead 7. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Commander Dawn Fusel. I'm stationed here at Bahrain with NAVSUP. I want to wish my family and friends in Tampa, Florida, a happy holiday and happy new year, and I will see you soon. Hi, how you guys doing? This is Sarah Ramirez, Ivan, along with the 1178 here in Afghanistan. I want to say Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, y Prospero Año Nuevo. Brought to you in the spirit of service by Brandon Rimes Platinum MVP Realty and Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. What's the best time, the best year to be a child? I don't know that, but I do believe the most difficult year to be a child is when you're in the seventh grade. Think about it. 
You're just becoming a teenager. And if you're a boy, your voice is changing. You're becoming awkward and clumsy. You never liked girls, but now it's even worse because now they scare you to death. And what you want most of all is to not do anything to draw attention or embarrass yourself. Her name was, well, let's just say her name was Mary. She sat next to me in Mr. Baxter's seventh grade math class. Mary wasn't pretty. She wasn't even cute. In fact, some made fun of her just because of the way she looked. I'll never forget that day. It was a warm Texas day. We had all just returned to school from our spring break, and the school photographer had delivered our individual school pictures. Now, the drill went like this. As soon as you got your pictures, start laughing. Laugh hard. Fall out of your chair laughing at your picture. Then if someone else starts laughing at your picture, they won't be laughing at you. They'll be laughing with you. We were all looking at our pictures, falling out of our chairs, everybody except Mary. She just sat there, cautiously peeking into her packet until some kid in the back of the room said, Hey, Mary, let's see your picture. At first, she didn't want to do it, but then she slipped her picture out of the packet, and somebody began to laugh, and then another and another, until finally everybody in the room was laughing at Mary's picture, even me. Then the bell rang, and we all headed for the door, everybody except Mary. As I looked back, I saw her still sitting in her chair, with her head down, crying. Oh, brother, what had we done? I never thought about it again much until that next day. Mary wasn't in her seat next to me, and I knew why she wasn't there. After class, as we all ran for the door, Mr. Baxter told me to stay behind. He said, I thought it was terrible what you kids did to Mary yesterday. First, I tried to act like I didn't know what he was talking about, but I knew. He continued, you know, Mary's got a problem with her appearance, and whatever confidence she did have in herself, it's all gone now. You kids destroyed it. What I want to know is what are you going to do about it? Sputtered out, me? Why me? I wasn't the only one laughing. As I walked out in my mind, I was still asking the question, why me? I felt sorry for my part in that cruel incident, but I still didn't know what I had to do, why I had to fix it. But then I thought, what do people do to make somebody feel better? And then I got it, a card like a sympathy card but it would have to be anonymous. No one could know. That day after school, I broke off from the other kids and made my way to the local drugstore. I had to be careful. No one could see me buying a card. As I cautiously made my way down the aisles of the store, I saw it, a table full of cards marked 75% off. As I tried to decide which card would be the right one, I heard the voices of a group of kids just coming in. I had to make a run for it, so I grabbed the most colorful card, laid down my money, and headed down the street toward my home. Then, when I was at a safe distance, no kids around, I peeked into that bag and pulled out the card. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's May. Christmas was five months ago. I had just bought a Christmas card in May. Brother. Well, I wasn't going to go back in that store. Somehow, this belated Christmas card would have to work. So that next day, before anyone came into Mr. Baxter's class, I snuck that card in, laid it on Mary's desk, and ran back out the door. And as the class bell rang, I purposely waited until the last minute to come in so no one would suspect me. And when I did, there sat Mary, holding the envelope, looking sick. She was afraid to look inside. After all, it might just be another cruel trick. But the other kids egged her on. Mary, open the card. I thought to myself, Mary, 
Just open the card. Finally, she did as a number of kids gathered around. Merry Christmas. She opened to the inside from a friend. All the girls began to say, Ooh, Mary, you've got a secret friend, a secret admirer. And suddenly, something amazing happened. Mary no longer slumped down in her chair. She sat up straight and tall, and she smiled a big smile. For the next few minutes, all the girls fussed over Mary, talking with her as she proudly showed off the card. Me, I looked straight ahead. No one could know it was me. I was too embarrassed. But as I looked at Mr. Baxter, there he was looking right back at me. And I could tell by his face that he knew, but he never said a word. He just smiled. Over the next few weeks, things calmed down in Mr. Baxter's seventh grade math class, but something had changed. Someone had changed. Mary. She was different. From that day on, the other girls, even some of the boys, talked to her. She smiled, even laughed. She was happy. And soon, School for that year was over, and I never saw Mary again. But I learned something that difficult 13th year of my life, how easily we can hurt, how easily we can heal, sometimes with something as simple as a very old Christmas card. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Christmas program after these messages. Hello, I'm Jerry Stewart. Have you ever heard of anyone's birthday being celebrated? And the one whose birthday is being celebrated can't even be mentioned? (laughs) Of course not. But that's what's happening in our America today. We can celebrate Christmas, but so many people, even big department stores, don't say Merry Christmas. Instead, they say Happy Holidays. I've even had some people tell me that their employer threatens them. Say Merry Christmas to the customers and you're fired. Believe it or not. Listen up, folks. There would be no happy holiday without Jesus. And those of us who know that should spread the word. Today, we make this special offer. Buy today's special program on CD and you'll get free a signed copy of my book, Saving America, both the CD and the signed book, for only $14.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. Hey, maybe place two orders and give one to your local library or your senior center so that everyone can hear the good news of the birth of the Christ child. To place your order, just go to jerrystewartusa.com and make your order right there online. Or what most do is call our order line at 817-576-2976. That online order site, again, is jerrystewartusa.com. Or call at 817-576-2976. God bless you all, and most of all, don't forget that Jesus, the Christ child, is the real reason for the season. Merry Christmas. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. 
Hey, one of my first gifts as a new Florida resident was a beautiful star on my windshield, courtesy of the Howard Franklin Bridge. But my friends at the office here told me to go to Auto Glass America. Wow. Auto Glass America took care of everything, from the paperwork with my insurance company to installing the windshield. They came to the studios. In less than an hour, they put in a brand new windshield while I was doing the radio show. Wish everything was this easy. When you hear stone hitting glass and the windshield star appears, call 813-96-GLASS. 813-96-GLASS. Auto Glass America. Tell them Mike Gallagher sent you. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? We will have our hearts prepared with worship led by Grammy Award-winning Laura Story, and I'll be opening up the scriptures so that we allow scripture to steer our lives as we explore God's eternal truths together. So join me next summer for an unforgettable seven days of cruising. Learn more and register for the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise today. Click the Deeper Faith banner at letstalkfaith.com. Digital marketing is a big part of just about every business. It's everywhere. Is your business using it to your advantage? Are you receiving your share of the leads? If you're not effectively using digital media, you could be losing sales by the second. Even worse, your customers can be grabbed up one by one, never to return. Not sure if you're losing out to the competition? Salem Surround can help you. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into leads. Salem Surround is a full-service digital agency providing you with all your marketing under one roof. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn more how we can help you place your advertising message in front of today's digital consumers. Salem Surround helps deliver customers by putting your business message in front of the right person at the right time. Learn more at surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Join us Sunday at noon for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. For he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came on purpose for a very clear purpose. Now that name that we have there in Matthew 121 is a familiar name. It's the name Yeshua. It means Yahweh is salvation. The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Hey there for Salem and on Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. Sadly today in America there is much discussion and dispute about what to do with this day Christmas. Some want to do away with it completely. Others say, Oh no, keep the holiday, just get rid of any religious connections. But the truth is this, simply and powerfully this. Without Christ, without the Christ child, there would be no Christmas. And consider this, no person in all of our recorded history has had more written about him than Jesus Christ. In fact, the encyclopedia itself devotes more words to Jesus than to Aristotle Julius Caesar, or the great Napoleon. No life has been more carefully examined and so carefully noted. And more importantly, no life has reached down so many centuries with so great an impact on so many millions of people as the life of Christ. And now I give you the most important Christmas story, the story of that first 
Christmas. It all began in Nazareth with a young Jewish girl. Her name was Mary. She was chosen by God to carry his only begotten son. She was very young, perhaps as young as 13, and her pregnancy caused quite a stir. After all, she was a virgin and engaged to a man, Joseph. At first, he was reluctant to marry her, knowing he wasn't the father. But when Joseph learned of God's plan through a dream, he was willing to take on whatever might come. It was late in Mary's pregnancy when Joseph was given notice to travel to Bethlehem, his hometown, to be registered and to pay his taxes. Of course, back then, any travel was hard and dangerous. There were thieves and robbers at every turn. The distance they had to travel was over 70 miles of hills and mountains. And of course, there were no buses or planes. Add all of this to Mary's pregnancy, and you can see just what a dilemma this must have been. But nevertheless, they had to go. And finally, upon reaching Bethlehem, I'm sure they were both dog-tired. Although Mary had been riding a donkey, she was exhausted and expecting her child at any time. When they arrived in town, well, you know the story. All the inns were full. There was no place to stay. Until finally, Joseph begged for a place that his weary wife could rest. They were given a place in a barn. It was probably cold and drafty, most of all, dirty. Plus, it was full of animals, perhaps animals that had been ridden all day. They were dusty and probably kind of smelly. Nevertheless, this was the chosen place for the king of kings to be born. Now, for this all-important occasion... Who do you think was invited? Kings and dignitaries? No. When God sent out the invitations through the angels, he went to the shepherds. Just why do you think he invited them as opposed to, say, King Herod or some other dignitaries? Of course, Herod wouldn't be invited. He wanted this young child killed. He proved this by later doing that exact thing, killing all male children in the area under the age of two. But I believe that there's a more important reason why God chose to tell the shepherds. You see, in those days, the occupation of shepherd was a lowly job. In fact, most people didn't even associate with them because they were typically poor, and they carried the strong animal odor of the sheep they cared for. But nevertheless, that night, a host of angels came forth glorifying God with this good news, that the Savior of all mankind had been born. They invited these shepherds to come and see, come and worship. At first, they were afraid. After all, a whole host of angels. But upon hearing the message and the invitation extended, the shepherds came. What did they see? A very special event. The angels told them that it was good news of a great joy which shall be for all people. They said, For unto you today is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And even though the shepherds were told to look for a child lying in a manger, they must have been both shocked and surprised to find any newborn child in a barn, much less the long-awaited Christ child. At first, they might have had their doubt, but as they looked at the scene, there was truly something special happening there. They knew this newborn babe was more than just a mere child. They fell to their knees in reverence. They knew they were in a holy place. 
And then we're told they went out into the night praising and glorifying God for all they had seen and heard. But there were at least three others invited that night. The wise men, they were from the east. They followed a star. And though they didn't make it to the manger that night, they did come bringing gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh, gifts for a king, the very first Christmas gifts given. And that's how it all began. But you still ask, why God's son, born to a girl from a simple life, born in a barn with only animals and lowly shepherds to witness the blessed event? Actually, I believe the answer is quite simple and quite amazing. God wanted there to be no doubt that this child, his son, came to earth for everyone, even the lowliest, and that later in life, when the time was right, this little child, now a man, would give the greatest gift, his life, as a sacrifice, once again, for everyone, even the lowliest. Billy Graham said it this way, Christmas is not a myth, not a tradition, not a dream. It's a glorious reality, a time of joy. Bethlehem's manger crib became the link that bound the lost world to a loving God. And from that manger came a man who not only taught us a new way of life, but brought us into a new relationship with our Creator. Christmas means that God is interested in the affairs of people, that God loves us oh so much that He was willing to give us His Son. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow, what a wonderful and amazing story. I'm so glad that Jesus came. Aren't you? I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Christmas program after these messages. Today, we make this special offer. Buy today's program on CD and you'll get free a signed copy of my book, Saving America. Both the CD and the signed book for only $14.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. Hey, maybe place two orders and give one to your local library or your senior center so that everyone can hear the good news of the birth of the Christ child. To place your order, just go to jerrystewartusa.com and make your order right there online. Or what most do is call our order line at 817-576-2976. That online order site, again, is jerrystewartusa.com. Or call at 817-576-2976. Merry Christmas. Faith Talk 570 WTBN. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. Over the years, Focus has given you practical guidance for your marriage, parenting, spiritual growth, and Christian living. And now you can pass the blessings forward to younger families here in our town. 
God has given us the wonderful joy of strengthening families with tools to help them grow stronger and closer. Perhaps we've been able to do that for you and your family. Now you can help us continue this good work by sending your generous support here at the end of the year. Your generosity will provide resources that help Christians know God's design for marriage, parenting, and so much more. Thank you for giving the gift of family. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. And thank you for partnering with us in giving the gift of family. You can connect with Focus on the Family at letstalkfaith.com and listen to Focus on the Family weekday mornings at 7 on Faith Talk 570 and 910. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'll be joining the team at Salem Media Group in the summer of 2020 on a scenic cruise to Alaska. I'd like to extend a warm invitation to you to join us. I've been before, and Alaska is a spectacular place where God's design and His majesty are constantly on display. Glaciers, mountains, and untamed wildlife. If you've ever contemplated exploring this inspiring frontier, now is your opportunity especially as we will enjoy all of these wonders from the comfort of our first-class cruise ship. The week will be filled with more than just awe-inspiring landscapes and quaint seaside ports, as Laura's story leads us in our worship, and as we turn to God's Word as a compass for our time together. Don't miss the Deeper Faith Cruise, departing August of 2020. For more details and to join Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien on the Deeper Faith Cruise to Alaska, Log on today at letstalkfaith.com and click the Deeper Faith Cruise banner. Is it time to replace your home's carpet or flooring? Call Sears Flooring to get shop at home convenience you can trust. Sears Flooring brings the showroom to you with a wide range of carpet, tile, hardwood, and laminate. And if you call right now, you'll save 20%. Call for a free in-home consultation at 1-888-491-3939. Sears Flooring has many styles to match your home and your budget. Your new flooring will be precisely installed and your satisfaction is guaranteed. So call Sears Flooring right now and save 20%. Call 1-888-491-3939. Offer ends soon. Not available in all areas. Installation provided by Sears Authorized Licensed Contractors. License information available upon request. Call Sears Flooring. You'll save 20% if you call now. Call 1-888-491-3939. That's 1-888-491-3939. Sears. Did you know the human body does not make its own vitamin C? Taking vitamin C is one of the best things you can do for your health, and aqua powders is the best way to get vitamin C. Aquapowder's vitamin C is delicious when added to water and provides you with 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C to boost your immune system and increase your energy. Transform your water into wellness with Aquapowder's vitamin C, available at Amazon. That's Aquapowder's with a Z, available at Amazon. Do you like winning prizes? How about getting sneak peek opportunities and offers before anyone else? Join the Faith Talk fan club today at letstalkfaith.com and gain access to incredible contest opportunities, free movie preview events, discounts, and more. If you're passionate about Faith Talk and want to be rewarded just for being a part of the Faith Talk community, sign up for the Faith Talk fan club today. Join the Faith Talk fan club by clicking the fan club tab at letstalkfaith.com. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. In 1548, a young man by the name of John Bradford was moved in his heart to follow God into the ministry. 
It was a difficult time for believers in England, and in 1553, John Bradford was imprisoned for publicly speaking his beliefs. For two years, he was held as a prisoner in the Tower of London. During that time, he made a statement which has come to be a famous statement so often repeated by so many. One day, as a group of prisoners were being led to their execution, John Bradford remarked, There but for the grace of God go I. But even on the doorstep of death, John Bradford would not stop telling the message of Christ. So, on January the 31st, 1555, John Bradford was himself taken to be burned at the stake. As the crowd gathered to see his execution, they expected that Bradford would act like the others before, wailing, crying, begging. But as they began stacking the wood and kindling at his feet, something amazing happened. He didn't cry or beg or wail. He looked at those in the crowd and asked forgiveness for any he had wronged. And then he forgave those who were wrongfully killing him. And the onlookers were amazed. How was John Bradford able to endure? What made the difference in John Bradford's life? He had been touched by the Christ of Christmas. It was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. What am I bidding, good folks, he cried. Who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, then two, only two? Two dollars, and who'll make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three. But no, from the room far back a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then, wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening the loose strings, he played a melody pure and sweet as a caroling angel sings. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, What am I bid for the old violin? And he held it up with the bow. A thousand dollars, and who'll make it two? Two thousand, and who'll make it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice, and going and gone, said he. The people cheered, but some of them cried, We do not quite understand. What changed its worth? Swiftly came the reply, The touch of a master's hand. And many a man with life out of tune and battered and scarred with sin is auctioned cheap to the thoughtless crowd, much like that old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He's going once and going twice. He's going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that's wrought by the touch of the master's hand. Want to be touched? Want to be changed? Allow yourself to be touched right now by the Christ of Christmas. Well, that's all the program for today. Take time today, this Christmas season, to thank God for His wonderful gift of the Christ child. I'm Jerry Stewart saying goodbye for now. Have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. May God bless America, and may God bless you. Marta had three sons who loved to fight, but they finally learned to live in peace with our help. Focused on the Family is one of my favorite broadcasts that I hate to miss. It's proven to be a life preserver for 
many people, not just my family. I'm Jim Daly. Share the gift of family to strengthen more families like Marta's. Give today and your donation will be doubled. Click the banner on letstalkfaith.com. When was the last time the owner of a heating and A.C. company took time out to share helpful tips on keeping your A.C. trouble-free? Learn how to save money and time on costly repairs and maintenance fees during Keeping It Cool with Josh Cabrera, owner of ACS Home Services, Central Florida's heating and cooling experts. Visit acshomeservices.com and listen to Keeping It Cool Saturday mornings at 11 on Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. President Trump is lashing out as his Senate impeachment trial remains at an impasse. The president, speaking from his private club Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, says House Speaker Nancy Pelosi isn't doing the Democrats any favors by not sending the articles of impeachment to the Senate. She's not doing a good job, and some people think that she's uh, she doesn't know what she's doing. A lot of people think that. A lot of people have said it. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he has not yet ruled out calling witnesses to a Senate trial. Also at townhall.com, Christians have descended uh, for Christmas Eve celebrations in the West Bank town of Bethlehem, the traditional birthplace of Jesus. This man, Roger Hoagland, a tourist from Kentucky, says he's in Bethlehem to lead a choir. We love this opportunity. We have 40 people, and uh, many of them are from the United States and other countries that come to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. An American soldier is killed in Afghanistan, as we hear from Ed Donahue. The Pentagon says Sergeant First Class Michael Goebel of Washington Township, New Jersey, was killed in combat. The Taliban claimed they were behind a roadside bombing in northern Kunduz province. The Taliban now controls practically half of Afghanistan, but continues to stage near daily attacks targeting Afghan and U.S. forces. Goebel was based out of Eglin Air Force Base in Florida. Twenty U.S. deaths have been reported in Afghanistan this year. There have also been three non-combat deaths. More than 2,400 Americans have died in the nearly 18-year conflict. Ed Donahue, Washington. The stock's finishing nearly flat after an abbreviated trading session ahead of Christmas Day. The Nasdaq did eke out a tiny gain, extending the index's winning streak to 10 days. The Nasdaq up seven points today. The Dow was off 36. More on these stories at townhall.com. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384.
This fog causing flight delays and some cancellations at Chicago's O'Hare and Midway International airports earlier today. Today, one of the busiest travel days of the holiday season, and this can cause ripple effects felt across the nation. The FAA briefly grounded flights at both airports until about 8 a.m. and eased those restrictions as the fog cleared. Some San Francisco cafes will be banishing disposable coffee cups. Cappuccino to go? You may be getting that java in glass jars or a rental mug at some cafes in San Francisco. What started as a small trend among neighborhood cafes to reduce waste is gaining support. The Oakland-based blue bottle chain says it's getting rid of disposable cups at two locations next year. That's part of a pledge to go zero waste by the end of 2020. I'm Shelley Adler. Breaking news and analysis at townhall.com. China will reduce tariffs January the 1st on more than 850 foreign products, including frozen pork, asthma medications, and some high-tech components to spur economic development. Correspondent Keith Peters reports. The government of China is promising to open up its power, oil, and telecom markets to private competition, including from American companies. It's the latest move by the ruling Communist Party to shore up growth as the Chinese state economy slows down. Chinese officials say the tariffs should not be seen as concessions to U.S. pressure, those tariff cuts. Notre Dame Cathedral unable to host Christmas services for the first time since the French Revolution. That's because the Paris landmark is too damaged by this year's fire. So it's rector choir and congregation celebrating the holiday in a church next to the Louvre Museum. The reconstruction of Notre Dame expected to take several years. More on these stories at townhall.com. I'm John Scott. The following is a true story. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. I called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. If we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or we'll give your money back. That's what makes us different. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-515-1771. That's 800-515-1771. 800-515-1771. Hey, this is our first time, Sean's. 1180 DDSB here in beautiful Kuwait. Sending a wonderful holiday greeting to Alex and Nicholas. Hi, my name is Jacob Moore, here with the 30th Armored Brigade Combat Team. I'm here in the Middle East, and I wanted to give a quick holiday shout-out to my mother and father, my sister Mandy and her husband Jimmy, and of course my girlfriend Megan. Brought to you in the spirit of service by Freedom Boat Club and Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Marley was dead. Dead as a doornail. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the story you're about to hear.
It was the England of 1843, a nation caught in the turmoil of the Industrial Revolution, a time which not only created unprecedented overcrowding and poverty in London and England's other larger cities, but put children into horrifying working conditions in the factories. I am David Suchet, your host for Focus on the Family Radio Theatre. In our modern age, we can hardly imagine what it was like to live in early 19th century England, to be, say, five years old and spend 15 to 18 hours a day working in a soot-covered, rat-infested, diseased shop, in rags, without shoes or food, all for a few pennies' wages. But that's exactly how it was for thousands of children then. They lived in an age of new technology and utilitarianism, of commerce, of theories and philosophies that had threatened to turn the poor working class into nothing more than flesh and muscle to generate income to the more prosperous. Even holidays, like Christmas, were in danger of becoming extinct as more and more employers refused to give their workers the time off to enjoy the most simple pleasures. Against this backdrop... In the autumn of 1843, a young writer who had only just reached his thirties sat down in his study, desperate to get on paper a story that was passionately burning in his heart. The young man had been successful with his early novels, but now suffered a decline in his popularity. His latest work, a novel called Martin Chuzzlewit, hadn't sold very well. His earnings were dwindling thanks to a large family and a less-than-frugal lifestyle. He was anxious to get back into the public's favour, but didn't know how. And his preoccupation with reforming the laws that allowed for the appalling conditions in child labour were a constant distraction. It consumed him. He often visited what were called ragged schools around London, institutions for poor children which barely had the means to help them physically, let alone instruct their minds or inform their souls with teachings of Christianity. He wrote about the little ones he saw, and noted that to gain their attention in any way is a difficulty, quite gigantic. To impress them even with the idea of God, when their own condition is so desolate, becomes a monstrous task. He had been asked to visit similar schools and factories in Manchester to the north, and while there was deeply moved by bright eyes and beaming faces that were threatened by annihilation thanks to their poverty. In his mind... Ignorance and want became real, living creatures who threatened to devour the children of his country. Somehow he had to tell their story to the public at large, to make everyone see how much the innocent suffered at the hands of greed and indifference. One evening, while walking through the streets of Manchester, an idea came to him. It was so simple an idea as to be profound. He raced back to London and was so possessed by his inspiration that he wept and laughed and wept again and excited himself in a most extraordinary manner in the composition. It was said that he sometimes walked 15, even 20 miles a night as he thought through the story's plot and direction. It came to him, all of it, a miserly character, ghostly visitations with a redemptive purpose and a message about the needs of the poor. He worked all hours of the day and night, refused to see friends, and broke appointments, so that by early November 1843 the work was finished. And so it was that Charles Dickens, 
had written his ghostly little book called A Christmas Carol. Not even the author could have anticipated the life-changing effect its message of Christian love, hope and responsibility would have on his world or ours. Join us now as Focus on the Family Radio Theatre proudly presents Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol. Old Marley was dead. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by his sole partner and sole mourner, Ebenezer Scrooge. And Scrooge's name was good upon the London Exchange for anything he chose to put his hand to. Was Scrooge upset by the sad event? No. Scrooge was hard and sharp as flint secret and self-contained and solitary as an oyster. The cold within him froze his old features, nipped his pointed nose, shriveled his cheek, stiffened his gait, made his eyes red and his thin lips blue. External heat and cold had little influence on him. No warmth could warm or wintry weather chill him. Nobody ever stopped him in the street to say hello. No beggars implored him to bestow a trifle. No children asked him what time it was. But what did Scrooge care? It was the very thing he liked, to edge his way along the crowded paths of life, warning all human sympathy to keep its distance. It was enough to him that people might say, as he said at Marley's funeral, he was a good man of business. Ah, Mr. Scrooge. Your servant, sir. Are you off home to keep Christmas? I'm not in the habit of keeping Christmas, sir. The exchange is not closed. Why are you leaving so early? Because Christmas has a habit of keeping men from doing business. Good day, sir. <laughs> Good day to you, sir. Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name from the sign above their office door. There the sign stood years afterwards... Scrooge and Marley. Sometimes people new to the business called Scrooge Scrooge, and sometimes they called him Marley. He answered to both names. It was all the same to him. Out of my way! And stop that blasted racket. Wait! You boy, come here. Yes, sir. You're Samuel Wilkins' boy, aren't you? Yes, sir. Your father owes me twenty pounds and sixpence, I believe. Tell him I will expect payment at my office first thing in the morning. Twenty pounds? Tomorrow? But, sir... Deliver the message if it won't tax your brain too much. But what if he hasn't got it, sir? Tell him he'll have to get it. Tomorrow. But it's Christmas, sir. What does Christmas have to do with it? He'd still owe me the money if we were in the middle of an August bank holiday. Now, be off with you. Once upon a time, of all the good days in the year on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge returned to his counting house and his clerk, Bob Cratchit. Mr Scrooge, you're back early, sir. I suspect this is the only place where I'll get any work done. Why are you dressed like that, sir? In your coat and scarf. Are you leaving? No, sir. The fire is dying, sir, and I didn't have a key to your office to get more coal. 
More coal? I gave you as much coal as you'll have today. If you can't make do with that, then perhaps you'll appreciate employment elsewhere. Oh, no, sir. No, I'm sorry I brought the matter up, sir. Oh, my. Now, get back to work. If it isn't too much to ask. Yes, sir. Right, sir. Oh, good evening, Bob, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Master Fred. How are you? And that family of yours, are you well? Oh, yes, sir. Quite well, sir. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Who is keeping my clerk from his duties? Oh, better go and see Uncle. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Ah, humbug. Oh, you don't mean that, I'm sure. I do. What right have you to be merry? You're poor enough. <laughs> what right have you to be dismal? You're rich enough. Humbug. Oh, don't be cross, Uncle. Well, what else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? Merry Christmas, indeed. If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Uncle! Nephew, keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. But you don't keep it. Well, let me leave it alone, then. Much good may it do you. Much good has it ever done you. Much good indeed. Well, perhaps it doesn't profit me in the way you think of profit, but I'm sure I've always thought of Christmas as a time doing me much good, yes. It's a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. Ugh. It's the only time I know of in the long year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people around them as if they really were fellow passengers on a sacred journey and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. Yeah. And therefore, Uncle, though it's never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that Christmas has done me good and will do me good. And so I say, God bless it. Another sign from you, Bob Cratchit. And you'll keep your Christmas by losing your employment. Sorry, sir. You're quite a powerful speaker, nephew. I wonder you don't go into Parliament. <laughs> don't be cross. Come tomorrow and dine with us. I will not. Well, why won't you? Why? Why did you get married? Oh, because I fell in love. You fell in love. If there's one thing in the world more ridiculous than Christmas, it's falling in love. Good afternoon. But... You never came to see me before that happened. Why give it as a reason now? Good afternoon. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. Oh, I'm sorry with all my heart to find you so resolute. We've never had any quarrel to which I've been a party. But I've come here to wish you a Merry Christmas, and that is what I will do. Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon. <laughs> and a Happy New Year. Good afternoon! Merry Christmas, Bob. You're another one. A clerk making 15 shillings a week with a wife and family talking about a Merry Christmas. I must be going mad. And this is some Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. That is correct, sir. Oh, what now? Good afternoon. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley has been dead for seven years. He died seven years ago this very night. We have no doubt that his generosity is well represented by his surviving partner. And what do you want? At this festive season of the year, Mr Scrooge, it is more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provision for the poor and destitute who suffer greatly at this present time. Many thousands are in want of common necessities. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts. 
Are there no prisons? There are plenty of prisons. And the workhouses, are they still in operation? They are, though I wish I could say they were not. Then the treadmill and the poor law are in full vigour, then? Both very busy, sir. Well, I'm comforted. I was afraid, from what you said at first, that something had occurred to stop them in their useful course. I'm very glad to hear it. Sir, under the belief that they scarcely furnish Christian cheer of mind or body, a few of us are endeavouring to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. Ah, we choose this time because it is a time when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. What shall I put you down for? Nothing. You wish to remain anonymous? I wish to be left alone since you ask me what I wish. I don't make myself merry at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. I help to support the establishments I have mentioned. They cost enough, and those who are badly off must go there. Many can't go there. And many would rather die. Well, if they would rather die, they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> Besides, it's none of my business, isn't it? It's enough for a man to understand his own business and not interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. You, my good man, have our deepest sympathy. Oh, and Merry Christmas to you, sir. Humbug! You see, Cratchit, the entire day wasted away. And for what? Oh, humbug. Your coat, sir. I suppose you'll want the whole day off tomorrow. Well, if quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient. And it's not fair. If I was to stop you half a crown for it, you'd think yourself ill-used. And yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay your day's wages for no work. It's only once a year, sir. A poor excuse of picking a man's pocket every 25th of December... Well, I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier next morning. Oh, yes, sir. You're very generous, sir. It's a weakness of mine. Good evening. First Lieutenant Gregory Henry, Camp Air John Kuwait. I love you guys and wish I was there for the holidays. I'm Petty Officer Morgan. I'd like to give season greetings to my mom, my brothers, my grandparents, Chrissy, Kimura, Kilia. I love you guys very, very much. Hi, I'm Sergeant Mark, the 178 here in Afghanistan, and I want to do a holiday shout-out to Amanda and Great Lakes Table Over. Brought to you in the spirit of service by National Aviation Academy and Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. Over the years, Focus has given you practical guidance for your marriage, parenting, spiritual growth, and Christian living. And now you can pass the blessings forward to younger families here in our town. God has given us the wonderful joy of strengthening families with tools to help them grow stronger and closer. Perhaps we've been able to do that for you and your family. Now you can help us continue this good work by sending your generous support here at the end of the year. Your generosity will provide resources that help Christians know God's design for marriage, parenting, and so much more. Thank you for giving the gift of family. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. And thank you for partnering with us and giving the gift of family. You can connect with Focus and the Family at letstalkfaith.com. 
and listen to Focus on the Family weekday mornings at 7 on Faith Talk 570 and 910. Digital marketing is a big part of just about every business. It's everywhere. Is your business using it to your advantage? Are you receiving your share of the leads? If you're not effectively using digital media, you could be losing sales by the second. Even worse, your customers can be grabbed up one by one, never to return. Not sure if you're losing out to the competition? Salem Surround can help you. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into leads. Salem Surround is a full-service digital agency providing you with all your marketing under one roof. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn more how we can help you place your advertising message in front of today's digital consumers. Salem Surround helps deliver customers by putting your business message in front of the right person at the right time. Learn more at surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hey, one of my first gifts as a new Florida resident was a beautiful star on my windshield, courtesy of the Howard Franklin Bridge. But my friends at the office here told me to go to Auto Glass America. Wow. Auto Glass America took care of everything, from the paperwork with my insurance company to installing the windshield. They came to the studios. In less than an hour, they put in a brand new windshield while I was doing the radio show. Wish everything was this easy. When you hear stone hitting glass and the windshield star appears, call 813-96-GLASS. 813-96-GLASS. Auto Glass America. Tell them Mike Gallagher sent you. Saturday afternoons at 4. It's time for Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. Somehow we feel with all of our foolishness that we're okay. Get to somebody you know, a close friend. Get to you, maybe your best friend. Say, listen, be a best friend to me. Tell me something. Is there anything in my life that you see that would be distracting from the work from God? Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. Saturday afternoons at 4 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. What do you love about Christmas? You're having a fun time, you're hanging out with family. My favorite thing to do at Christmas is sit around the fire. Embrace your reason for the season. Celebrating Jesus. Us too. Merry Christmas from your friends at Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Streaming at letstalkfaith.com. The light of Christ will be reflected in your home with the new special edition print from Focus on the Family titled Sharing the Light. The painting depicts a small cabin in the forest with children sharing the power of a single flame on a snowy night. Featuring the talents of artist Morgan Weisling, this G-Clay will find a special place in your home as a reminder of God's great commission to share the light. Find out how you can get this limited edition print at focusonthefamily.com slash sharing the light. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went home to bed. He lived in the gloomy chambers which had once belonged to his deceased partner. The yard was so dark, the fog and frost so hung about the black old gateway of the house, that Scrooge, who knew its every stone, was fain to grope with his hands. Now, it is a fact that there was nothing at all particular about the knocker on the door of that house, except that it was very simple-looking, not ornate at all, and rather large. It is also a fact that Scrooge had seen it night and morning during his whole residence in the place. So, let anyone try to explain how it happened that Scrooge, having his key in the lock of the door, saw not the normal design of a knocker, but instead he saw the face... Of Jacob Marley. 
It was not Scrooge's habit to double lock the doors, but he did so anyway. Thus, secured against surprise, he changed into his dressing gown, nightcap and slippers and sat down in front of a meagre fire for his gruel. Humbug! Jacob Marley! Ha! You don't believe in me. I don't. What evidence would you have of my reality? Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. Look, there's more of gravy than of grave about you, whatever you are. <laughs> do you see this toothpick? I have but to swallow this and be for the rest of my days persecuted by a legion of goblins and all of my own creation. <laughs> yeah, humbug, humbug, I tell you. Humbug! Ah! 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 Do you believe in me or not? Oh, yes, I do, I do, I do. I must, I must. Mercy, mercy. Dreadful apparition. Why, why do you walk the earth? And why do you trouble me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide to assist in charity and do good. If that spirit goes not forth in life, then it is condemned, doomed to wander the world in death, unable to share what it might have shared on earth to bring happiness. But why are you fettered in chains? I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it. Link by link and yard by yard, fashioned by my own free will. And of my own free will, I wore it. Be warned, Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh -huh. You do not know the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself. It was full and heavy and as long as this seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on it since... It is a ponderous chain. Oh, Jacob, old friend. Speak comfort to me. I have none to give. It must come from other regions, conveyed by other ministers. Uh? But mark me. In life, my spirit never roved beyond the narrow limits of our money-changing hole. And a weary journey now waits before me. No rest, no peace. Incessant torture of remorse for life's opportunities missed. But you were always a good man of business, Jacob. Business? Mankind should have been my business. The common welfare should have been my business. 
charity, mercy, forbearance, benevolence, all should have been my business. What? Oh, man, blind man, you know not how short life is. <laughs> At this time of year, I, I suffer most. Why did I walk through crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down? And never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to a poor abode. What? Were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me? Oh, hear me! My time is nearly gone. I will, I will. Uh, but don't be hard upon me, Jacob. I am here tonight to warn you that you may have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. Yes. You will be visited by three spirits. Are they the chance and hope of which you spoke? They are. In that case, I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. But, Jacob... Expect the first when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and get it over with? Expect the second and third thereafter. Oh. Look to see me no more. Wait, wait! Don't leave me! Tell me, please tell me more about the spirits! Jacob! Huh? Oh. oh! A dream! Oh, it must have been a dream! Oh, the chimes. Did he say one o'clock? Ah! Ah! Ebenezer Scrooge. Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Who and what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? Your past. Oh, spirit, why are you so bright to my eyes? Can you cover yourself to dim your light? Would you so soon put out with worldly hands the light I give? Is it not enough that you are one of those whose passions would extinguish my light completely? No, I meant no offense, Spirit. What um, business brings you here? Your welfare. Take heed. Rise and walk with me. Walk with you? Out of the window? Are you afraid? Well, I am mortal and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand, and you shall be upheld in more than this. Good heavens! Tommy! David! Charlie! Do you know those children? Of course I knew them. I went to school with them. Why didn't they stop? They couldn't see you. What? These are but shadows of the things that have been. They have no consciousness of us. But uh, You remember the way to your school? Remember it? I could walk it blindfolded. It's right over there, beyond that hill. So it is. It stands deserted, but for a solitary child neglected by his friends, he is left there still. I know. Looking on them, I perceived 
Look at that poor boy. I see him. It's me. But you were not completely alone, Ebenezer. You had your book. Yes. Through whose company I had legions of playmates. There was Ali Baba and the genie and Orson and Robinson Crusoe and his parrot and Friday and... Oh, you poor boy. Yes. Poor boy. It makes me wish... Well, it's too late now. What is the matter? Oh, nothing. Nothing. There was, there was a, a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should like to have given him something, that's all. Let us see another Christmas. Turn and see Ebenezer the boy become Ebenezer the young man. Ebenezer! Franny! Oh, my dear, dear brother. Oh, I've come to bring you home. Home? Yes, home. Home, home, forever and ever. Father is so much kinder than he used to be, and home is, is now like heaven. Is it, Franny? Yes. Father spoke so gently to me one dear night when I was going to bed that I was not afraid to ask him once more if, if you might come home. And he said, yes, you should. So he sent me in the coach to bring you. And you're never to come back here. But you'll stay all through Christmas and we'll have the merriest time in the world. Oh, Franny, I wish I could believe you. Believe me, dear brother. I've made all the arrangements. <laughs> You've turned into quite a young woman, haven't you, Franny? I have. <laughs> now, let's see to your things. Come on, Ebenezer. I'm coming, my dear sister. I'm coming. Your sister was a delicate creature whom a breath might have withered. But she had a large heart. So she had. She died a woman and had, as I think, one child. Your nephew, Fred. She died giving him life. True. Just as your mother died giving you life. Yes. What's that? Open the door. And we shall see another Christmas past. Oh. We must have the shutters up before I don't say Jack Robinson. Clear away the floor, my lads. Let's have Bless my soul. It's old Fezziwig. It's Fezziwig alive again. This is familiar to you? I was apprenticed here. In a time that was hopeless. Mary, there's no room at the inn. In a world of unforgiveness. Ooh, fine. It's okay. Grace arrived in Bethlehem. Oh, Joseph, he's coming. And love appeared with the birth of a baby boy. Christmas, celebrating the birth of our Savior. He's, he's here. 
Faith Talk 570. Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Sandra. And we want to wish our radio listeners a very Merry Christmas from Vacation Nation Radio. And Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. You can also listen to us online at letstalkfaith.com. We want to wish you again Merry Christmas and the best of New Year's. And thank you all for listening. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. Over the years, Focus has given you practical guidance for your marriage, parenting, spiritual growth, and Christian living. And now you can pass the blessings forward to younger families here in our town. God has given us the wonderful joy of strengthening families with tools to help them grow stronger and closer. Perhaps we've been able to do that for you and your family. Now you can help us continue this good work by sending your generous support here at the end of the year. Your generosity will provide resources that help Christians know God's design for marriage, parenting, and so much more. Thank you for giving the gift of family. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. And thank you for partnering with us and giving the gift of family. You can connect with Focus on the Family at letstalkfaith.com and listen to Focus on the Family weekday mornings at 7 on Faith Talk 570 and 910. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. Janae's Tropicals is your one-stop shop for fruit trees, exotic tropical plants and palms, citrus, and more. Join Janae every Saturday morning at 930 as she shares more than 24 years of horticultural experience and hosts other green thumb experts to give you free gardening advice. Janae will teach you to live off the land and love it. Visit Janae online at tropicalfruit.com and join her every Saturday at 9:30 a.m. on Faith Talk 570 WTBN online at letstalkfaith.com. Florida isn't really a winter wonderland. Few of us are roasting chestnuts by an open fire, but we love the story of Jesus and all that Christmas reminds us of. Celebrating Jesus. Merry Christmas from your friends at Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Rather than giving a gift of cash this Christmas, Friends of Focus can give a smarter gift. You can choose to give a gift of stock that has appreciated over the last year. You get a tax deduction for the fair market value, avoid tax on the appreciation of the stock, and turn that savings into a gift for families. For more information on non-cash giving, visit FocusNonCashGift.com. That's FocusNonCashGift.com. <laughs> 
No one could celebrate Christmas like Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig. Dick and I stayed up half the night talking about Fezziwig's Christmas gatherings. Was there ever a kinder man? It is a small matter to make you so full of gratitude. Small? He has spent only a few pounds of your mortal money. Three or four, perhaps. Is that so much that he deserves your praise? It is that. He had the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. The happiness he gave was quite as great as if it had cost him a fortune. What's the matter? Nothing particular. Something, I think. No, I should like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk just now, that's all. My time grows short. Quick. Quick? But where? See yourself during another Christmas, Ebenezer. Only now, you are in love. Oh. It's only a shilling ring, Belle, but one day it'll be a gold one, when I'm rich enough. It's a beautiful ring. Oh, but I mustn't accept it. Why not? Because it's not good enough for you. No. Because I'm not rich enough for you. How oh, foolish of you. Of course not. But you're still so young. You may have a change of heart one day. Dearest Belle, if ever I have a change of heart, it's because my heart has ceased to beat. And it makes no difference that I am poor? I love you because you're poor, not proud and foolish. Will you always feel like that? As long as I live, longer, forever and ever. Then I accept your ring. Belle. Oh, Ebenezer. God bless you, Belle. I've seen enough. Yet more awaits you. I will not look. You shall. Ebenezer, my lad. Yes, Mr. Fezziwig. I'd like you to meet the accountant from the new owners. Allow me to introduce you to Mr. Jacob Marley. Mr. Jacob Marley, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. Your servant, Mr. Marley. Your servant, Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Marley will be assisting us in the transition of assets to the new owners. Alas, Ebenezer... It is all undone. Don't be downhearted, Mr. Fezziwig. You resisted their offers longer than could be expected of any man. I should have resisted longer. Until my death, I believe. With all due respect, Mr. Fezziwig, my company made you a most generous bargain. Oh, indeed they did, young man. But it isn't for money that one spends a lifetime building up a business. If it isn't, that I would enjoy the education of finding out what you do spend a lifetime building a business for. It is to preserve a way of life that one knew and loved. Now I fear this is the end of small traders like me. It is the age of the machine and factories and vested interests. But the deal is done, sir. Yes, it is. The deal is done. So if you'll pardon me, gentlemen, I'll leave you to get acquainted. Tell me, Mr. Scrooge, do you agree with your former employer? I think I know what Mr. Fezziwig means. Oh? Are you also against progress and money? No, I'm not against them, sir. But I believe we must move cautiously into this new age and weigh carefully its costs to humanity. Move too cautiously and carefully, my friend, and the age will leave you behind. Suppose I told you that my company can afford to pay you twice the salary Mr. Fezziwig pays you, an advancement he could never have afforded to offer you. 
What would you say to that? Well, I'd still say that money isn't everything. <laughs> if it isn't, I don't know what is. The future belongs to our generation, Mr. Scrooge. To those who are strong and prepared to make changes by whatever means necessary. Wouldn't you agree? I see the world is becoming a very hard and cruel place. One must steel oneself to survive it. Yes. Yes. I believe we have many things in common, Mr. Scrooge. You're not a fool. And if you're willing to learn from me, I believe we'll go very far. Very far indeed. Mr. Scrooge, thank you for coming. She's my sister and she sent for me. What else would I do? May I see her now? Yes, but please try not to excite her. Well, of course not, Doctor. Thank you. No, Spirit. Not here. Yes, here. Fran. Please. I sent for you. Promise me. Promise you what, Fran? I'd promise you anything, dearest. Only there isn't any need for promises. You're going to get well again. No. You are. You must. You're going to get well again. Do you understand? You're going to get well. No. Dear brother, I'm going to die. No, Fran. Don't say such nonsense. You're not going to die. You're going to get well again. You must get well. Mr. Scrooge, please. What kind of doctor are you? Filling her head with the idea of death. She isn't going to die. Tell her she isn't. Mr. Scrooge, I must ask you to leave. Please, for her sake. But she this is going to way. die. Not for him. She cannot. Spirit, how could you have brought me here? Have you no mercy, no pity? Ebenezer... Dear, dear brother, promise me, promise me that you'll take care of my boy. Promise me that you'll take care of... <sighs> you heard her. Yes. Forgive me, Fran. Please, forgive me. Please, please, forgive me. There it is, old boy. The offices of Scrooge and Marley. Come, let's drink a toast. Yes, a toast. The fools didn't know what hit them. Imagine thinking they could get the better of us in a deal. The wizards of the accounts. <laughs> We've come a long way from old Fezziwigs, haven't we? From the holders of the purse to the keepers. Long may it prosper. Long and heavy may it grow. I give you Mr. Jacob Marley, Esquire. I give you Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge, Esquire. The future is ours. And all the money we can hope to take from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> matters little, Ebenezer. To you, very little. No, spirit. Why do you delight to torture me? 
You will watch. Ebenezer, another idol has displaced me. And if it can cheer and comfort you in time to come, as I would have tried to do, I have no just cause to grieve. What idol has displaced you? A golden one. Look, I don't know what you're talking about, Belle. All your hopes have merged into the hope of wealth. I have seen your nobler aspirations fall off one by one until the master passion gain oh. engrosses you. You are consumed by it. Look, there is nothing on which the world is so hard as poverty, and there is nothing it professes to condemn with such severity as the pursuit of wealth. You fear the world too much. What of it? Even if I have grown wiser in my understanding of the world, what then? I'm not changed towards you. You are. Oh, Belle. Our contract is an old one. It was made when we were both poor and content to be so until in due time we could improve our fortune by our patient industry. You are changed. When it was made, you were another man. I was a boy. There. Your own feeling tells you that you are not what you were. I am. That which promised happiness when we were one in heart is fraught with misery now that we are two. Oh. How often and how keenly I have thought of this, I will not say. It is enough that I have thought of it and can now release you from our engagement. I have not sought your release, have I? In words, no, never. Well, in what then? In a changed nature, in an altered spirit, in another hope, in everything that made my love of any worth or value in your sight. If we had not made this promise when we were young... Would you seek me out, a dowerless girl, and try to win me now? Well, you think not? I would gladly think otherwise if I could. Ebenezer, if for a moment you were false enough to your one guiding principle of gain to marry me, do I not know that your repentance and regret would surely follow? I do. So I release you with a full heart for the love of him you once were. As you wish. You may have pain in this. A very, very brief time and you will dismiss the recollection of it gladly as an unprofitable dream oh. from which it happened well that you awoke. <sighs> May you be happy in the life you have chosen. Spirit, remove me from this place. I told you, these were the shadows of things that have been. That they are what they are, do not blame me. I cannot bear it anymore. Take me back. We have another shadow. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity... I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and can understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. My dear Belle. Yes, Charles. The soup is ready in the kitchen and another three families have arrived. The children were without shoes and the mothers need your counsel. 
I'll continue the scripture reading here. Now, of course. Do you mind, Mrs. Beadnell? No, child, no. I won't keep you. You have more to fret over than a crippled old woman. I would hope the Reverend is able to read scripture with some skill by now. I'll do my best. You rest now, Mrs. Beadnell. Thank you. Oh, Belle? Yes, darling. I've been meaning to tell you I saw an old friend of yours this afternoon. Who was it? Mr. Scrooge. I passed his office window, and as it was the only one not shut up for Christmas, I could see him inside. I understand his partner lies upon the point of death, and there he sat alone. Quite alone in the world, I do believe. Yes, alone. I go to see to those families. Thank you, my love. Now, where were we? And I don't mind saying that your wife is one. Bless her heart, Reverend. Bless her heart. Come in. Uh, Mr. Scrooge, sir? Yes, what is it? Uh, Bad news, I'm afraid, sir. No? Uh, Mr. Marley succumbed to his illness only moments ago, sir. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you he's dead, sir. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Scrooge? What is it, Cratchit? Well, uh, the, the, the undertaker has asked that you sign the death register, sir. The undertaker will have to wait. The business of the day is not concluded until seven o'clock, and at seven o'clock I will deal with the matter. Yes, sir. Uh, right, sir. Um, I, I, I'm sure they won't mind waiting with the body until then, sir. That's what they're paid to do. I'm sure they won't. Ah, oh, back to work with you. Uh, yes, sir. Jacob Marley worked at your side for over 20 years. He was the only friend you ever had. But what did you feel when you signed the register of his burial and took his money, his house, and his few mean sticks of furniture? Did you feel pity for him? Did you feel remorse? What was on your mind? You squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner! No more, no more, spirit! Haunt me no longer, do you hear me? Haunt me no longer! Spirit? What's happened to you, spirit? Where's your light? Spirit! Spirit! Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my bed. I'm back. I'm back. The nightmare is over. Ebenezer Scrooge lay upon his bed as a blaze of ruddy light streamed upon him. He was powerless to make out what it meant. He eventually discerned that the light might be in the adjoining room. This idea taking full possession of his mind, he got up softly and shuffled in his slippers to the door. The moment his hand was on the lock, a voice called out. <laughs> out of bed with you. Come in. Come in. And know me better, man. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Trina Webster. And I'm Dan Webster. For 10 years, we've talked about Z-Quiet, the ultimate solution that has ended snoring for millions. And now we're excited to introduce the perfect solution for anyone that sleeps next to someone with untreated loud snoring. It's called Quiet On Sleep, the world's first snore-canceling earbuds. Quiet On's European technology targets the exact frequency and sound of snoring and literally acts like a noise eraser. Its compact design won't interfere with pillow comfort, and it doesn't use Bluetooth or emit radio waves. If you have a snoring partner, this innovation is your sleep salvation. So whether you snore... Or share a bed with someone who does... Z-Quiet will keep you sleeping together peacefully through the night guaranteed. If you snore or sleep with someone that does, go to GetZQuiet.com. Right now, try our original ZQuiet snoring solution for 30 days for only $9.95. Go to GetZQuiet.com. That's GetZQuiet.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let'sTalkFaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Makers leaving Washington for the holidays without delivering the articles to the upper chamber. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer released a list of documents on Monday that he believes are needed to carry out a fair impeachment trial. But Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told Fox News on Monday that they're at an impasse until Speaker Pelosi sends papers. By papers, he means the articles of impeachment. Before a Senate trial can happen, they must be officially sent from the House. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi insists she won't send the articles or appoint impeachment managers until the Senate sets the rules for the trial. Senate trial rules are established by the majority party, which in this case is the Republicans. From Capitol Hill, Bernie Bennett reporting. Christmas Eve, not a federal holiday, but today is a day off for some 2 million government workers after President Trump last week signed an executive order closing federal offices. The president's action was not expected since Christmas falls on a Wednesday this year. Last year, Mr. Trump closed federal offices on Christmas Eve, which was on a Monday, giving public employees a four-day weekend. On this Christmas Eve, world leaders delivering their Christmas messages. In Britain, Prime Minister Boris Johnson spoke of the solidarity for Christians all around the world celebrating the birth of Christ. Today of all days, I want us to remember those Christians around the world who are facing persecution. For them, Christmas Day will be marked in private in secret, perhaps even in a prison cell. Meanwhile, Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison paid tribute to firefighters battling raging bushfires in the south of the country. At this Christmas time, we give thanks, despite these terrible challenges, for the wonderful country that we've been blessed to live in. As we look forward to next year and as we celebrate this Christmas, I want to thank all of those who serve our nation, serving as volunteers, fighting those fires as we speak, And you can check out more news and read the best analysis. They're both at townhall.com. Lord Jesus, you entered the dark world of your day. This Christmas, please enter ours. We're looking for our star. Just like the shepherds, we're kneeling at a manger. This Christmas, please heal us. Help us be born brand new in us. Signed, your children. Merry Christmas, Faith Talk 570, online at letstalkfaith.com. Sometimes life doesn't make sense. You've hit a dead end. Sadness has become your best friend, and you don't even have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. If you need to find a Christian counselor who will listen to you, pray with you, and offer you the godly encouragement you need, Focus on the Family can help with that. Visit our online help center at focusonthefamily.com slash findacounselor. That's focusonthefamily.com slash findacounselor. Grow! 
Out of bed with you. Come in. Come in. And know me better, man. Scrooge obeyed and walked into the room. It was his own room, there was no doubt about that. But it had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were so hung with living green that it looked like a perfect grove from every part of which bright gleaming berries glistened. The crisp leaves of holly, mistletoe and ivy reflected back the light as if so many little mirrors had been scattered there. Such a mighty blaze went roaring up the chimney and heaped up upon the floor to form a kind of throne turkeys, geese, game, poultry, great joints of meat, long wreaths of sausages, mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, cherry-cheeked apples, juicy oranges, luscious pears, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. On this throne sat a jolly giant, glorious to see, dressed in a deep green robe bordered with white fur. His dark brown curls were long and free, free as his genial face, his sparkling eyes, and his joyful air. He bore a glowing torch, in shape not unlike a horn of plenty, and held it up high to shed its light on Scrooge as he came peeping round the door. Come in, come in. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. You've never seen the like of me before. Never. And you have never walked forth with the other members of my family in years past? Well, I, I don't think I have. How many of you are there? Over 1,800. Oh, such a large family to care for. I, I, I don't know how I miss such a large gathering each Christmas. Mortal, we spirits of Christmas do not live on only the one day of the year... We live the entire 365. So is it true of the babe born in Bethlehem. He does not live in the hearts of men just one day of the year, but in all the days of the year. Ah. You have chosen not to seek him in your heart. Therefore, you will come with me and seek him in the hearts of men of goodwill. <laughs> Spirits, conduct me where you will. If you have a desire to teach me, then let me profit by it. Touch my robe. Oh, uh, uh, if you insist. <laughs> Look, by never venturing out on this blessed day, see the joyful activity you have missed and the wondrous humanity you have avoided. Even under this soot-filled sky... Christmas cheer abounds like the clearest summer's day. The ruddy-cheeked children throwing snowballs, the women bustling to the bakers with their Christmas dinners, the grocers giving up the last of their fruits and meats before closing their shutters, and all good people dressed in their best clothes, making their way to church and chapel with the gayest faces you will ever set your eyes upon. Look at them, man. Uh, yes, I, I, I see. But, um, your torch. What of it? Well, the way you pass it over the people. Is it a particular kind of incense? It is. My own. Oh, is it useful to the people on this day? It is useful to those who have the hearts to receive it. To poor hearts, mostly. 
Why to a poor heart most? Because it needs it most. Here is a house that would benefit from as much as I dare offer from my torch. Well, whose house is this you favor over others? Do you not recognize it? No. Should I? It belongs to your clerk, Bob Cratchit. Does it? Watch. Oh, Mother, I could smell the goose at the baker's. It was ours. I know it was. Oh, I could almost taste the sage and onion. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think these potatoes are almost done, ready to be peeled. Well, I'll, I'll mash them while you run and get the goose, will you, Peter? Yes, Mother. Oh, wherever is your father and Tiny Tim, then? And Martha wasn't this late last Christmas Day. Here's Martha, Mother. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Oh, Martha, you should see the goose. Oh, bless your heart alive, my dear, how late you are. Oh, we had a deal of work to finish up last night and had to clear away this morning. Well, never mind, as long as you've come. Now sit you down before the fire, my dear, and have a warm Lord blessing. <laughs> Here come Father and Tim. Here they are. Hello, everyone. Oh, oh, Martha, you are here after all. Hello, Father. Hello. Hello, Tim. I'm so glad to see you, Martha. It wouldn't have been Christmas if you hadn't come. <laughs> Tim, you must come into the washhouse to hear the puddings singing in the oh, copper. Oh, yes, yes, you must. I'd like that very much. Then come along. Yes, yes, hurry. Take care, Tim. Hurry along. Careful. And how did little Tim behave in church? Oh, as good as gold and better. Somehow, you know, he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and he thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me, coming home, that he hoped the people saw him in the church because he was a cripple and it might be pleasant for him to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. I believe he's growing stronger, you know. And more hearty. Don't you think so, my dear? I pray that it's so, Robert. Now, you do your duty and make the punch. Right you are, my dear. Tell me, spirit. Will the lame boy live? I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future child will die. No, no, kind spirit. Say he will be spared. Spared? If he be like to die, he had better do it and decrease the surplus population. Be still. Be still. Look, everyone, be still. Your father wants to speak. My dear, I don't believe there ever was such a marvellous goose cook. And the pudding. It's perhaps the greatest success achieved since our marriage. Well, I I, I confess I had my doubts about the quantity of flour. Oh, an unnecessary worry, my love. (laughs) And now, now I'd like to make an important announcement. Oh. Oh, about you, Master Peter. Master Peter? Me, Father? Yes, you. I have my eye on a situation for you 
which would bring in, if obtained, a full five and sixpence weekly. That's more than what I make at the ministries. Thank you, Father. And now I raise a toast. A Merry Christmas to us oh. all, my dears. God bless us. God bless us. God bless us, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll give you Mr Scrooge, oh. the founder of our feast. Oh, the founder of our feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. Now, my dear, the children... Christmas Day. Which should be Christmas Day, I'm sure. On which one drinks a health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. Now, my... you, you know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do, poor fellow. My dear, please. Christmas Day. Well, I'll drink his health. For your sake and the day's. Not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy, I've no doubt. Mr. Scrooge! Do not turn away, Ebenezer Scrooge. Look closely at this scene and let it be stamped indelibly upon your heart. Oh, they are not a handsome family. They are not well-dressed. Their shoes are far from being waterproofed. Their clothes are scanty, but they are happy, grateful, pleased with one another, and contented with the time. The blessings of God are larger and greater than anything you can fit in your purse. Remember what you see here and throughout homes everywhere on this day. I will, Spirit. Ah, but this is not the only place where you are being thought of. Come. Honestly, he said that Christmas was a humbug. And as I live, he believed it, too. Well, more shame for him, Fred. Oh, no. No, Alice, don't be like that. He's a strange old fellow, and I've nothing to say against him. I mean, consider his state. Now, more wealth than most, but it's no use to him. He doesn't make himself more comfortable, nor even has the satisfaction that he'll ever benefit us with it. (laughs) Don't go on. I've no patience with him. Oh, I have. Oh, no, I'm sorry for him. I couldn't be angry with him if I tried. Now, look, who suffers by his ill whims? Himself, always. Here, he takes it into his head to dislike us, and he won't come and dine with us. Well, what's the consequence? He doesn't lose much of a dinner, perhaps. Oh, oh, I think he loses a very good dinner. Yes, it was an excellent dinner. Was it? Well, I'm very glad to hear you think so, because, frankly, I haven't any great faith in these young housekeepers. What do you say, Chopper? Oh, I'm afraid that as a bachelor I'm a wretched outcast and haven't the right to express an opinion on the subject. (laughs) Do I, my dear, distant? Immovable, Jane. <laughs> Mr. Topper, you are incorrigible. <laughs> oh, do finish what you're saying, Fred, so we can get on with the game. Oh, of course. All right, all right. No, I was only going to say the consequences of my uncle taking a dislike to us, not making merry with us here. Well, I think he loses some very pleasant moments. 
which could do him no harm. Certainly better for him than he'd find in his mouldy old office or dusty old chambers. So I mean to give him the same chance every year, whether he likes it or not. For I pity him. You know, he may rail against Christmas until he dies, but he can't help thinking better of it if he finds me going there in good temper year after year and saying, Uncle Scrooge, how are you? A Merry Christmas to you! Well, if it only puts him in the vein to leave his poor clock a few extra pounds, then that's something. So, come on, raise your glasses one and all to my Uncle Ebenezer Scrooge! Yes, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man. Now, let's play some games. (laughs) Do you see? From one end of the city to the other, you are thought of in spite of yourself. Do you see yet the wondrous workings of this time of Christmas? Its sacred name and origin are not lost on those hearts open to receive its founder. From the darkest moor where miners work the deep earth to the solitary lighthouse where a lonely keeper listens to the waves crash against the rocks. Out to sea, yes, even out to sea where a helmsman remembers some bygone Christmas day as he guides his ship through the foamy brine. Then back again to land, to sick beds, almshouses, hospitals and jails. They Most of all, they know me in misery's every refuge, where vain man in his petty authority has not bolted the door and barred me out. The blessing of Christmas is there. And through Christmas, Christ himself. Ah, but this day is so brief, and I must go. Wait, 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 spirit. Forgive me if I'm not justified in what I ask, but I see something strange, uh, not belonging to yourself, protruding from the bottom of your robe. Is it a foot or a claw? It might be a claw, for the flesh there is so slight upon it. Look down here, old man. Oh! Oh! What, What are they? Savages? Animals of some strange origin? They are children. Children? But... Spirit, are they yours? They are man's. And they cling to me in desperation. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware them both and all of their degree. But most of all, beware this boy ignorance. For on his brow I see that written which is doom. Doom! Unless the writing be erased. But have they no refuge? No resource? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Are there no prisons? Are there no Scrooge looked about him for the ghost and saw it not. As the last stroke ceased to vibrate, he remembered the promise of old Jacob Marley and, lifting his eyes, beheld a solemn phantom, draped and hooded, coming like a grave, silent mist along the ground towards him. Scrooge bent down upon his knee 
for in the very air through which this spirit moved, it seemed to spread gloom and mystery. I... I... Am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? You are. You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so, spirit? It is as you say. The ghost of the future. I fear you more than any spectre I've seen. So you should. But I believe, I must believe, that your purpose is to do me good. I am prepared to bear you company. Come. The night is waning fast. Lead on, spirit. Lead on. Christmas is coming, the malls are crowded. In Lebanon, the refugee camps are crowded as Kurdish families struggle for daily bread and shelter. Please join with Heart for Lebanon to rescue one of these families. Less than 98 cents a day provides a refugee family of six with survival essentials in the name of Jesus. Call Heart for Lebanon now, 888-247-5499, 888-247-5499, and at letstalkfaith.com. Impact Mortgage Group, DBA Cash Call Mortgage, NMLS ID 128231, Equal Housing Lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Some limitations apply. Happy holidays from your friends at Cash Call Mortgage. To help homeowners save money during the holidays, we're waiving all our fees to any borrower who locks a rate with us before the new year. That's right, a true no-closing-cost mortgage loan. And if a no-closing-cost loan isn't enough, how about the interest rates under 2.99%? If you have a mortgage interest rate of 2.99% or greater, we may be able to lower your monthly mortgage payment and save you cash. This holiday, enjoy no-closing-cost loans at Cash Call Mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify for this special holiday savings offer, just visit CashCallMortgage.com or call us today at 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. If you drive an import, you might be concerned about taking it to anyone but the dealership for windshield glass replacement. Well, Auto Glass America can replace any windshield, domestic, Asian, European. Their techs are trained to keep up with the ever-changing windshield technology. Technologies. I'm a customer. I've used Autoglass America. They'll come to your home or office. They handle it all. They'll pay you for the old windshield. The next time you hear that rock hit glass and the star appears, call Autoglass America. 81396Glass. 81396Glass. Autoglass America. Tell them Mike Gallagher sent you. Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. When did Christmas stop being about Christmas? I know, right? Hey, I found the perfect gift for the grandkids this year. The Adventures in Odyssey Club Christmas offer from Focus on the Family. The Adventures in Odyssey Club? It's a safe online site for kids with a year's access to every episode, along with Clubhouse Magazine and the new NIRV Adventures in Odyssey Bible, too. That's a great value. At a great price. Order your Adventures in Odyssey Club Christmas offer now through December 15th at witsend.org slash gift. Oh, well, I don't know much about it either way. 
All I know is that he's dead. When did he die? Well, last night, I believe. <laughs> what was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. So did he, I suspect. Then what's he done with his money? Well, I haven't heard. Left it to his company, perhaps? Hasn't left it to me, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's likely to be a cheap funeral. Upon my life, I don't know if anybody will go to it. Suppose we made up a party and volunteer. Well, I suppose we could. When I come to think of it, I'm not at all sure that I wasn't his best friend. <laughs> for we used to stop and speak whenever we met. Mm. Look, I don't mind going if lunch is provided, but I must be fed if I'm going to take the time. Absolutely. I know those gentlemen. They're men of business. I don't understand. Who are they talking about? Jacob died years ago. Odd. Someone is standing in my spot under the clock. Why do you look at me so, Spirit? What am I to learn from this? Look. Oh. Oh. What is this foul place? Um, come in, come in. Oh, there are three of you. Hello there, Joe. Joseph. Look here, old Joe. What's mm. the chance of the cleaning lady, the laundress and the undertaker showing up at the same time without meaning to? <laughs> what odds, Mrs. Zilberay? <laughs> and you couldn't have come to a better place. You are no strangers to Joe's pawn shop. So come into the parlour while I shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> come into the parlour, eh? <laughs> Well, who should go first? Well, let's not be afraid. We're not going to pick holes in each other's coats. No, I should hope not. Every person has a right to take care of themselves. He always did. That's true indeed. No man more. Very well, then. That's enough. Who's the worst for the loss of a few things like these? <laughs> not a dead man, I suppose. <laughs> no, indeed. If he wanted to keep them after he was dead, the wicked old screw, why didn't he marry and have a family? Then he'd have had somebody to look after him when he was struck with death, instead of lying, gasping out his last there, alone, by himself. It's the truest word that ever was spoke. It's a judgment on him. I wish it was a little heavier judgment. And it would have been if I could have laid my hands on anything else. <laughs> open, open that bundle, Joe. Let me know the value of it. Now, speak our plain. I'm not afraid to be the first. We knew we'd help ourselves to whatever he had. It's no sin. Now, open, open my bundle, Joe. I'll go first, just to show we have trust in one another. Now, go on, then. Now, watch, fob, pencil case, sleeve buttons, oh, and a brooch. Yes. Well, I'll give you eight shillings for the lot. Well, that's your account, and I wouldn't oh. give you another sixpence, not if I was to be boiled alive for not doing it. Yeah. Who's next? I'll go. Here you are. Sheets, towels, silver teaspoon, pair of sugar tongs, new boots, assorted. Um, Seventeen and six. Joe! Yeah, when I always give too much to the ladies, it's a weakness of mine. That's the way I ruin myself. But Joe! Yeah, that's your account. If you asked me for another penny and made it an open question, I'd repent of being so liberal and knock off half a crown. Hmm. And now, undo my bundle, Joe. Now, what have we here? Bed curtains. Aye. 
that curtain. You don't mean to say you took him down, rings and all, with him a lying there? Yes, I do. Why not? Yeah, you were born to make your fortune, Mom, and you will certainly do it. <laughs> I shan't hold my hand back when I can reach it out and get anything like these. Not for the sake of such a man as he was. Now, you mind those blankets? His blankets? Who's else, do you think? He isn't likely to take hold without them, I dare say. <laughs> I hope he didn't die of anything catchy. Don't you be afraid of that. I wasn't so fond of his company that I'd loiter about him if he did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you right, may look through yeah. that shirt till your eyes ache. You won't find a hole in it. It's the best he had, and a fine one, too. Yes, yeah, yes. I'd have wasted it if it hadn't been for me. And what do you mean by wasting it? He'd have buried him in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yes. oh, this, this is the end of it. He frightened everyone away from him when he was alive to profit us when he was dead. Yes, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Spirit. This is a horror, an outrage. I know those two women, they're in my employ. But what have they to do with... Oh, I see. I see. The case of this unhappy man of whom they speak might be my own. My life tends that way now, and I... Merciful heaven, spirits, what's this? Help me, spirit, for it's dark, but I... I see. Yes, I see it. Something under the sheet. See to it, Ebenezer Scrooge. But it's... It's a body. It's a dead body. But why have you brought me to see it? Why? Lift the sheet. No. Oh, need I look upon this poor man to learn my lesson? I understand, you spirit, this is the man of whom they spoke. I see that it must... It must be cold and lifeless there. Lift the sheet, Scrooge. I cannot do it. No, spirit, this is a fearful place. In leaving it, I shall not leave its lesson. Trust me. Let us go. Lift the sheet, Scrooge. Look upon the man. I, I will. I will look upon the man, Spirit. But I beseech you, let me first see if there's any person in this town who feels emotion caused by this man's death. Will you show it to me? Then perhaps I may look upon this pitiable corpse with true understanding. Please, please, spirit, I beseech you. Your father will be home soon and... Oh! Hello, my dear. Is it good or bad? Bad, I'm afraid. We are quite ruined. No, there is hope yet, Caroline. If he relents, there is. Nothing is past hope if such a miracle has happened. He is past relenting. He is dead. Oh, John, tell me everything. I went to see him, as you know, to obtain a week's delay on the repayment of our loan. The half-drunken cleaning woman would not let me in, saying he was not well. I was convinced his illness was a mere excuse not to see me, so I insisted. However, it turns out she was telling the truth. He was not only very ill, but dying even then. 
To whom will our debt be transferred? I don't know, but before then, we shall be ready with the money. His death has given us the time we need, and I cannot believe his successor will be as merciless as he was. We may sleep tonight with light hearts, Caroline. May God forgive me for rejoicing at the passing of any creature. But I thank him, John. I thank him. Pleasure? Is that the only emotion you can show me over that man's death? Is there no tenderness? Is there no pity? Is the future so bleak that a, a man dies and no one feels sorrow? Spirit, assure my heart that the future is not filled with people so unsympathetic and cold. Show me tenderness, I beg you. Cratchit! I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. I know this from house. Cometh my it's help. Bob Cratchit's. My help cometh even from the Lord, who hath made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved, and he that keepeth thee will not sleep. Shall I stop reading, Mother? No, Peter. I'm sorry. It's it's the sewing. The the black colour hurts my eyes. I, it makes them weak by candlelight, and I I wouldn't show weak eyes to your father when he comes home. Not for the world. It must be near his time. Past it, rather. But I think he has walked a little slower than he used these few last evenings. I've known him. I have known him walk very fast, with Tiny Tim upon his shoulder. Very fast indeed. Oh, and so have I. Often. And so have I. Yes, often. But he was very light to carry, and his father loved him so that it was no trouble. No trouble. Oh, and there is your father at the door. Oh, good evening. Oh, good evening, oh, I see you're all here. And by the fire... What a blaze it is. I'll make some tea. Oh, my dear. Oh, you've made such progress. Your industry and speed are to be commended. Why, you'll be done long before... before Sunday. Sunday. You went today, then, Robert, to where his little grave will be? Yes, yes, my dear, I did. I, I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green a place it is. But you'll see it often. I promised him that I'd walk there off a Sunday. Oh, my little, little... My, my darling Tim. Oh, Robert. It's all right. Oh, my dear. I reckon something to it. I truly am. Come on, come on. Now we mustn't be down. Why, it reminds me of, of today when, when I received a most extraordinary kindness from Mr Scrooge's nephew, who I'd scarcely seen, oh, but once or twice at the office. He observed that I looked a little down and inquired what had happened to distress me, on which, for he's the pleasantest spoken gentleman you ever heard, I told him about our Tim. I'm heartily sorry for it, Mr Cratchit, he said. And heartily sorry for your good wife. How kind. And then he went on to say that if he could be of service in any way, to call on him at his own. And he'd give me his card. Pray come to me, he said. 
Now, it wouldn't for the sake of anything he might be able to do for us, so much as for his kind way that this was so thoughtful. It really seemed as if he'd known our tiny Tim and felt with us in our loss. I'm sure he's a good soul. Mm. You'd be sure of it if you met him, my dear. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he found Peter a better situation. You hear that, Peter? And then Peter will court a girl and set himself up like a proper gentleman. <laughs> Get on with you, Belinda. <laughs> There's plenty of time for that, my dear. It's just as likely as not one of these days. <laughs> but however and whenever we part from one another, I'm sure we shall none of us forget poor tiny Tim. Shall we? All this first parting that there was amongst us. Never, father. And I know, my dears, that when we recollect how patient and how mild he was, although he was a little, little child, we shall not quarrel amongst ourselves and, and forget poor tiny Tim in doing it. No, never, father. Never. Then I can be very happy. Very, very, very happy indeed. Oh, Spectre, I see now the tenderness in this family for their poor dead child. But I still see none for the man lying dead and alone. I am of a stronger constitution now. Tell me who it was. Again, I beseech you, spirits. Oh! Where are we? Spirit, you convey me to different places, but but are they also different times? Are your choices random? Why have I not seen myself as I will be in the future? Are you... Wait, this court. This is where my place of occupation is, and has been for a great length of time. At last, let me behold what I will be in days to come. Come, Ebenezer Scrooge. at night because this world seems dark sometimes. The whole world seems on edge, kind of mad and dark. Lord Jesus, you entered the dark world of your day. This Christmas, please enter ours. We're looking for our star. Merry Christmas. Faith Talk 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm -hmm. phones, mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. 
Digital marketing is a big part of just about every business. It's everywhere. Is your business using it to your advantage? You could be losing sales by the second. Salem Surround can help you. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into leads. A full-service digital agency, providing you with all your marketing under one roof. Contact Salem Surround. Learn more at surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Start the morning right. Weekday mornings at 5.30. It's Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee. He put it down one and set it up another. The only direction left is north. And I would say again, the thought is it's up. That the throne of God is out yonder, and I think even beyond space. Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee. Weekday mornings at 5.30 on Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910. This time of year at Faith Talk, we're all about celebrating Christmas. Christ is the only reason for this season. Celebrate Jesus. And telling the story of Jesus the other 364 days a year, too. That's great. Merry Christmas from your friends at Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hmm. What should we get the kids for Christmas? Seems like they have everything. Hey, Jenny told me her kids love the Adventures in Odyssey Club. It's a safe online site where they can hear every Adventures in Odyssey audio drama. Wow. They have a Christmas offer right now where you get the new NIRV Adventures in Odyssey Bible with annual club membership. Huh. A gift that will last and the family will enjoy. Order the special Adventures in Odyssey Club Christmas offer now through December 15th at witsend.org gift. No, Spirit, my office is here, and my house is yonder. Why do you point away? I want to look in my window. What am I here? I'm confused. This looks like my office. I'm certain it is, but but the furniture's not mine, and, and that's not me at the desk. I must be at my house. Scrooge. Why do you point away, Spirit? My house is in this direction. Follow me. Spirit, do you not understand? What could you wish me to see here? I do not know this place. I know this churchyard, yes. I've walked past it on many days. But what business do we have here? Look upon the Gravestone? But, but, but why? Ah, is this the final resting place of the man lying dead? You want me to see his name that I might learn from his example? Is, is it someone I know? Is it someone to whom I might speak as Jacob Marley spoke to me? Perhaps it is... It is... I, I fear that I see new meaning in your solemn shape. I've been blind, yes, and now I believe I understand why I have not seen myself. Or have I? Spirit, say that the man lying dead, alone in that room, say that it wasn't... Ebenezer Scrooge. 
Before I draw nearer, before I see the name on that stone, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of the things that will be, or are they the shadows of the things that may be only? Ebenezer Scrooge mends courses for shadow certain ends, to which, if persevering, they must lead. Yes, yes, I know, I understand. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will change. Look upon the stars. Yes, I will look. I can bear it no longer. Stand aside and let me see it. Ebenezer No, spirit, no, no, no. Say I am not dead. Spirit, say I am not dead. Why show me the name on that stone if I cannot be changed? Why show me anything at all? If the shadows of the future cannot be altered, they must be altered. They can be changed. Spirit, hear me. I'm not the man I was. Why show me this if I am past all hope? Oh, Spirit, tell me I may sponge away the writing on that stone. Tell me, Spirit. <laughs> what? What? What is it? Where am I? My bed. My blankets. So the bed curtains are still here. They are not torn down. They're here. I am here. I'm not dead. I'm alive. It's true. It's true. The shadows of the things that would have been may be dispelled. <laughs> they will be. They will be. Oh, Jacob Marley, do you hear me? Oh, heaven be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, present and future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons they teach. I do seek in my heart the babe born in Bethlehem. And repent. I repent. <laughs> do you hear me? I repent. <laughs> what? Uh, who is it? Cleaning lady with your breakfast, sir. Is it? Breakfast? It's not possible. <laughs> Morning, sir. Is it you, Mrs. Dilber? Is it really you? Sir? This is amazing. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what day it is. Day, sir? It's Christmas Day. Christmas Day? It's Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course they can. I don't understand you, sir. I'm delirious, Mrs. Dilber. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel, as merry as a, a schoolboy. <laughs> a merry Christmas to everyone. Hey, can you hear me? Mr. Scrooge! <laughs> oh, look, look. There's the chair where I ate my gruel. And the door by which the ghost of Jacob Marley entered. <laughs> and there's the corner where the ghost of Christmas present sat. Oh, it, it's all right. It's true. It's true. 
<laughs> it all happened. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I don't know how long I was with the spirits. Was it one night? I, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. I'm like a baby. <laughs> yeah, I am a baby. Dance with me, Mrs. Dilber. What? Have you lost your mind? Yes, completely. Let's dance. Don't you lay a hand on me, Mr. Scrooge, or I'll be forced to call for the police. Yes, yes, call the police, Mrs. Dilber. Call the entire world. I think I'll be going there. No, no, no wait, 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 wait. Uh, no, stay. Stay, stay and talk to me. Under the circumstances, I don't what think... are the circumstances, Mrs. Dilber? Tell me about your circumstances. How much am I paying you? What? Uh, four shillings a week. Four shillings? It is now raised to ten. Ten? Ooh, he has lost his mind. Stay right where you are while I fetch a doctor. No, no, no I, don't, I don't need a doctor. Or an undertaker. I need only for you to go and enjoy your Christmas. Here, here, here. Here's a little something with which to help you. Half a crown? Yes. Merry Christmas, Mrs. Dilber. Mr. Scrooge. Yes. Now go. Go. Yes, sir. And a happy new year, if it ain't inappropriate to say so. Yes, happy new year. <laughs> oh, it'll be a... Happy New Year, indeed. Church bells. <laughs> oh, they're glorious, glorious. Oh. oh, look. No fog, no mist. Oh, golden sunlight. Sweet, heavenly sky. Oh, and those bells. Those glorious bells. Oi! You, boy! What? Hello, my fine fella. Do you know the poulterers in the next street but one at the corner? Should I so? He's <laughs> an intelligent boy, a remarkable boy. Now, do you know whether they've sold the turkey that was hanging in the window? Not, not the prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me? Yes, my buck. <laughs> what a delightful boy. It's hanging there now. Is it? Now, I want you to go and buy it. What? Uh, no, 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 I'm in earnest. Go and buy it and get them to bring it here. I'll tell them where to deliver it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. Yes, sir. Ah, <laughs> oh, a splendid boy. It was a pleasure to talk to him. <laughs> I'll send the turkey to Bob Cratchit's. He won't know who sent it, and he'll never guess. <laughs> it's twice the size of Tiny Tim. It'll be impossible for them to carry it all the way to Camden Town. I'll have it transported in a cab. Yes, they must have a cab. <laughs> Thought I'm safe and get dressed for church. The day is wasting away, and I will not have wasted days ever again.
size of things. Oh. I've never oh. seen oh. such a large turkey. Oh. Is it really ours? Robert? No, wait a minute. It's addressed to us. There's no mistake about that. But the note is unsigned. Well, then, then, then who on earth could have sent it? What? I can't imagine. Oh. I oh. think I know. Oh? Mr. Scrooge. Oh. Oh. Oh, my dear Tim, whatever would make you think that he'd send a turkey to us? Why would he do it? Because it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Vicar, for those inspiring words. Oh, yes. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Scrooge. Merry Christmas Merry to you. Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. Oh. oh, oh, I do beg your pardon. Mr. Scrooge, is it you? Yes, that is my name. Though I fear it may not be a pleasant one to you. After our encounter at my place of business yesterday... I hope you succeeded in raising the funds for the poor, as you've hoped. To be quite honest, Mr. Scrooge, we did not. Then allow me to beg your pardon and to ask you if you would have the goodness to take on my behalf uh, the sum of... Lord, bless me! My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, and not a farthing less. (laughs) A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favour? Oh, oh, my dear sir, I, I don't know what to say to such a generous... No, no, don't, don't say anything, please. Come and see me at my place of business. Oh, will you come and see me? We will. Oh, thank you. I, I'm much obliged to you. I, I thank you 50 times. Bless you. Bless you too, Mr. Scrooge. Happy Christmas to you, sir. Yes, sir. Is your master at home, my dear? Yes, sir. He's in the parlour, sir, along with the mistress. I'll show you, if you please. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll go myself. Through those doors, sir. Thank you. Delightful girl. Oh. Go on, then. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Fred? Look, Fred. Why, bless my soul. Uncle Ebenezer. Yes, Fred. I've decided to accept your kind invitation to dinner. Will you allow me to come in? Well, yes. Yes, come in. Do you see who it is, Alice? This is my uncle. Yes. Yes, I see. Alice, my dear, you've made my nephew so very, very happy which is more than I've ever done. Can you forgive an old fool for having no eyes to see or ears to hear and for the lost years and affection which he now hopes to make up in the years to come? Oh, yes, dear uncle. Yes. Bless you for asking. Well, do come in and make yourself at home, Uncle. Join us for dinner. And then we'll have the most wonderful party and games and happiness. God bless you, my dear nephew. God bless you both. Oh, Oh, Uncle. Uncle. Come and sit down. 
It might be enough to say that Ebenezer Scrooge did make himself at home and enjoyed his nephew's Christmas party as he had enjoyed no party before it. We might end our story there, but we can't. For Scrooge awakened very early the next morning to arrive at the office first thing. It was his intention to catch Bob Cratchit coming in late. That was the thing he had set his heart upon, and he did. The clock struck nine. No Bob. A quarter past. No Bob. He was, in fact, a full eighteen minutes and a half behind his time. Bob's hat was off even before he opened the door, his scarf as well. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello there, Mr. Cratchit. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. I, I am behind my time. You are, yes. I think you are. Step this way, if you please. It, it's only once a year, sir. It, it shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. I'm sure you were. Now, I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. I'm very sorry, Mr. Scrooge. And therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. <laughs> But, 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 sir... Sir? A Merry Christmas, Bob! A Merry Christmas, my good fellow, than I've given you for many a year. In any year, I dare say. Mr. Scrooge, are you quite yourself, sir? No, I'm not, thank God. Nor will I ever be again. I'm going to raise your salary, Bob, and endeavour to assist you with your struggling family. Oh, thank you, sir. We will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a hot bowl of punch. Eh, Bob? Oh, yes, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> now, you make up the fires and go out and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another I, Bob Cratchit. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, Mr. Scrooge. Yeah, right, sir. Go. <laughs> oh, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a Christian, as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew or any other good old city, town or borough in the good old world. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well the entire year round if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that truly be said of us all. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was not only an instant and enduring bestseller and helped to effect substantial changes in Britain's child labour laws, but single-handedly revived the celebration of Christmas wherever it was read. Scrooge, Tiny Tim, Bob Cratchit, Old Fezziwig, and the book's cast of memorable characters became so much a part of Christmas tradition that even for us it's difficult to imagine the season without them. But more important, A Christmas Carol brings with it the timeless message of redemption found in the child born in a poor Bethlehem manger.
Only in him, Dickens said, can we hope to see our hearts and our world changed. In 1870, after the newspapers reported Dickens' death, the story goes that a little girl in Drury Lane asked, Dickens dead? Then will Father Christmas die too? Such was the impact Charles Dickens had on the world with his little Christmas carol. I'm David Suchet for Focus on the Family Radio Theatre. Thank you for listening.